Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, you're our rock and you're our redeemer. Amen. Well, it's the first Sunday of Advent. We are looking ahead towards Christmas. And we hear from Isaiah, tear open the heavens and come down, O Lord. This is Israel's cry to God in hard times. Famine, challenges, upheavals in their life. The future that they were hoping for is taking too long to develop and they're wondering. Maybe it never would. Maybe all this that they're experiencing now as God's people is the new normal. They were hoping for restoration and stability. Tear open the heavens and come down now, Lord. It's Israel looking at their present time, but also it's Israel looking backwards. Longing for what used to be. For how things used to be. When God acted when the mountains shook and fires burned, and when they needed liberation from Egypt, Pharaoh or plagues came. They're looking backward at a time when God's presence was undeniable and God's actions on behalf of God's people were unquestionable. But now they wonder are you still there? Do you still love us? In question is not God's power or God's ability to act. It's God's very presence itself. The deeper issues that amidst their trials and amidst their struggles, God feels distant and absent. Maybe God's just unwilling to draw near to us anymore or too busy. And so God's people feel alone and even more pressing, that they've realized in this feeling of God being distant that their life is precarious, fragile, that they're vulnerable, and even more they've realized that without God they're not up for the challenge of living in the world that they live in. They can't do it on their own. Their future's insecure. In fact, they even say in Isaiah that we destroy ourselves, Lord. They call it sin. We can't see you, and so we go our own way. And our iniquities, their word, it destroys us. In other words, we aren't righteous and don't live like we should or like the people you call us to be. You are the potter. We are the clay. Make us who we are supposed to be. Make us know you again, Lord. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, they cry out. Not because they've forgotten, but because they remember God. And God's work in the past when God showed up and God acted, when God forgave and when God loved. Tearing open the heavens and come down. It's that apocalyptic kind of language. You've heard that word before here in church. Apocalypse, Armageddon, end times, you're familiar with it. It's imagery, metaphor, and deeper truth. Tear open the heavens and make the mountains quake and the fires burn. Jesus uses it today too. 
The sun will not shine and the moon will no longer give its light and the stars will fall from heaven when the heavens are shaken. I like it. I don't know about you. Apocalyptic language, deeper truth. If you've ever experienced grief or, or, or deep loss, you know what Jesus and Israel are talking about when the sun refuses to shine, refuses to give light. When life is filled with struggle, you, you can't know or you, you can't or won't make it on your own is what it feels like and things seem dark. That's the text. If you need another example, if you've ever experienced something like, hmm, well, what else can make us feel vulnerable or that life's fragile or insecure or that might make it feel like the sun and the moon don't even give its light anymore because it's challenging to find a future filled with hope? Can anybody think of anything? All you wearing masks, sitting distanced apart. I was going to say pandemic, but I just decided to say 2020 in and of itself. Church, school, life, work, rhythms have all changed. Israel's waiting and saying, when will it be over? The disciples are wondering with Jesus, when it, will it happen? And we are sitting here wondering the same kinds of things while we wait. You know, I read our gospel reading today. And I heard Jesus' words about the sun not shining and all of that. And I thought to myself, 2020 is apocalyptic enough. And then I went and I read a commentary from one of my professors. And he said, 2020 is apocalyptic enough. And then I read another biblical scholar. And he said, this 2020 is apocalyptic enough. And I thought, whoa, we're all on the same page. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down now, please. You see, it turns out we know Israel's lament and their cry quite well, too. We have lost things and things have changed in ways we don't even know. We don't even know what we're supposed to lament in some ways. But also, but, but also, that word apocalypse, at its foundation and definition, means revealing. And so I want you to think about that for a minute. Revealing. If anything, this time we are in has showed us that we can't live it on our own. That life is fragile. It's been revealed once again that we're not up for the task of making it through life independently on our own. And so we long for God's power amidst our own insufficiency was the word that I read. I hate feeling that way. And yet it's an opportunity to Man, pastor, pretty dark sermon for the first Sunday of Advent, trying to get ready for Christmas. 
If I've brought you to the brink of despair talking about Isaiah, let's come back to the light if it's feeling a little bit too dark. We had to see that their lament is ours and that the human condition's the same. It's the first Sunday of Advent. Christmas is coming, and look, it's lovely in here. We're trying to go all out because I think we need it. But what exactly are we getting ready for? Advent just means coming. What exactly is coming? Christmas? Baby Jesus to come? A beautiful worship service? We'll be marking time during Advent. I was thinking about that and I had this image come into my head growing up of an Advent calendar I had. You've probably had one too or have one now. It was a Santa Claus, and on Santa's belly was a Christmas tree, and every Christmas piece had felt pockets, and there'd be a little treasure in there, and it would help us. It hung in my house where Grandma's cuckoo clock used to hang, and it marked the passing of the days until Christmas. Michelle and I had one with our own kids, and it was a sweet tradition and and innocent and, and helped connect things for the little ones. What exactly are we getting ready for in Advent? Maybe the answer is different depending on what you're longing for this day. I thought about that Advent calendar and I realized that what I'm longing for is for the things to be the way they used to be. Maybe you know the feeling. If only things were the way they used to be. And so I am going to totally lean into Christmas this year, the tradition, the sanctuary, the home decorations, the good old-fashioned Christmas. If you know me and my relationship to Christmas this year, I'm going to long for the baby Jesus in warm hay, a manger and stable that's not cold, a Mary and Joseph sitting calmly after giving birth with no worries for the future, All is calm and all is bright. It's what I long for. I long to see an image of shepherds all jazzed up and excited, but very respectful around the manger. Wise men coming to dump gifts of kings at Jesus' feet, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but very respectful, even though they're not even in the story yet. Candles and silent night and and all of it. We long in our lives when things get bad to have things the way they used to be. And we stand here today and we can say pretty clearly that probably not going to be the case when Christmas comes. It's going to be different. And I'm not going to say it's going to be less than. It could be more than because that's what God promises in the midst of things that get dark. Light comes in ways that we can't see and predict The way things are now should remind us as we look backwards that God shows up in surprising ways, in unexpected times. Advent is preparation for that kind of vision. Sure, to experience the traditions of Christmas and what have you, but it's to see God in the new ways that God would reveal To see Jesus when he comes, because that's the promise. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, O Lord, when Israel cried those words. 
When they lamented their situation, make us see you and know you again. Let us experience your power. God was not distant. God was not uncaring. God was not unwilling. God was watching and waiting for the right time so that God could remedy the whole situation in the right way. And Israel knew that too. Lord, you do work for those who wait. And so they lamented and cried out and trusted amidst doubt and they lived by faith while longing for sight. Jesus said, in those days, and so the time came. Isaiah's prayer, friends, was answered. Israel's prayer was answered. God heard God's people's cries, and he hears yours. And the powers of heaven shook, and a star fell out of the sky, and it rested over the spot where Jesus lay. And the heavens were torn open and the angels began their gathering work of bringing everyone together. Do not fear, I bring you great tidings of joy. And the Son of Man came into the world. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down and show us your power again, Emmanuel. God is with you. Of course, Jesus is telling us followers this story in those days you will see. Advent's a both and kind of thing. Christ has come. We look ahead and we prepare for this season. We're preparing for a season not just to love that Christmas story, because it's a beautiful story, but to live in it more fully. That's what this time is about, all of it. It's a both and kind of thing to know that our Lord hears us and loves us so much that he came down, literally entered life. Christ has come. We actually can't take that seriously enough or just hear it and go, yeah, it takes some preparation. The church felt we needed a season in and of itself to get ready. Not to have a beautiful service, but to get ready so that God's word, Jesus the Savior, can live more fully in our life. The baby in the manger and the man who dies on the cross cannot be disconnected from each other. The mystery of Jesus' coming is that in taking on our life, vulnerability, insecurity, He gave you his own. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, and so God did in Jesus. And so God died in Jesus. And so Israel said, when you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, God does that for us in Jesus. The child born to Mary is the man that died for you as a sacrifice for the world to reveal God's heart, and so he rose to new life. He's the God of the living and the dead of the lost and the found. You are his people, and you will rise from the dead too. And he's coming back. And so Jesus says, keep awake. 
He doesn't want you to be unprepared for that. As much as that new life is after you die, it's a both and kind of thing. Yes, we get new life after we die, but it's coming now. Jesus didn't come to give you a quaint story to love. He came to give you a new story to live. This is what we're preparing for and what it all means that God came down so the world and everyone in it would know that God is near and that God shows up in acts of life and in acts of death. That's Jesus' promise for you today, that God is moving this world towards restoration and peace. It's why Jesus tells his disciples and his church that his love is to be our love. His way is to be our way, and that means Jesus is showing up all the time in your acts of care and compassion and love for others as you use your life like Mary did to be a part of God's transforming work. And so as much as I long for things to be the way they used to be, dear friends, they cannot. Christ has come, Christ is present, and Christ will come again. So keep awake, and I promise you, you'll see him in surprising ways. Amen.